Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida! Thank you, Matthew Arter. Welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. Did you notice that uh, I don't think, I know I didn't have my earphone in for Diana. I don't think you did either. And it- No, I did. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I know she didn't. Mm-hmm. And it separated out the audio just fine. So I'm going to go- I'm, I'm, we're going commando here. We're going uh, microphone BB. Is that my third birthday present, David? Is is what your third birthday present? You decided to go commando during the show. Oh, <laughs> well. Because since 2020, I've been doing these without pants on. And now you've decided <laughs> that. Okay. Well, happy birthday to me. To, to us. Happy birthday mm-hmm. to us. We're going to mm-hmm. celebrate in grand style somewhere, sometime. I have no fucking idea how. But anyway, it's another betwixt episode, people. So I'm already on the Zoom with Matthew. He's here. Hi, Matthew. Present. Are, are you saying that you are present or are you demanding the present for our third anniversary? Well, if the present is you being commando, I would like that <laughs> present right now, please. <laughs> oh, bless. You see what he does to me, dear listeners? Do you see? What? <sighs> Teasing. Touch me in the morning, then walk away. <laughs> so. Uh, this is going to be a special change of pace for us because typically when we do the season premiere, we take some time out of the episode with the synopsis to talk about pop culture and what is going on in the world as we begin a brand new season. And I thought it'd be fun if we sort of broke that out and did it separately. And okay, full disclosure, dear listeners, We're trying to nail down a special guest to be with us, season eight, episode one, and we're having some scheduling problems. So this may or may not be a tiny bit of a stall tactic. Um, But uh, anyway, beside that, it's all entertainment and we're here for you. So Matthew, you are the one who started the tradition three long years ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with doing research and talking about what is going on in entertainment, uh, cinema, music, television, pop culture. And uh, it's time for us to go there again because it is now 1986 and the premiere of season eight. What do you want to start with? Well, I always have to go back and listen because as we've discussed over the past couple of premiere episodes, I no longer trust the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Michael Jackson's thriller thing was like, how many Fucking years? Jack, Michael Jackson's thriller did not show up this year. Oh, good. For the, fir- <laughs> for the first time since 1982, <laughs> Michael Jackson's thriller was nowhere to be found. Oh, bless. Um, but 
there were a couple movies that showed up in the top 10 list. And then I realized that it was because they were released in December of 1985 mm-hmm. that they showed up on 1986's um, top 10 list. Um, and the timelines are hard to maintain anyway, because award season, when we're looking at the Emmys and the Oscars, it'll be the Oscars 1987, where movies that came out in 86 and it's yeah same with the emmys yeah my head just fucking exploded i was like i don't know what year i'm supposed to look at and i don't so i gave up yeah did you look at box office as opposed to awards i looked okay that is a perfectly viable absolutely i am on board for it well to start off david i'm gonna take you back to 1986 (sighs) the fall of 86 the Challenger exploded. <laughs> wow. I like to start with an upper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually in the spring. I was still in high school when that happened. Fall of 86, I was going into college. But we're just talking 1986 in general, pop culture. And Chernobyl happened. The wonderful. I don't know why, but in my head, Chernobyl happened like in the 50s. I don't oh. know why it's in my head that it happened in 1980. <laughs> I don't know why that was a surprise to me. But anyway, because it seems like kind of a big deal. Yeah, Chernobyl um, was in, I believe, was it, it what, what was it called then? The USSR in Russia. It was a nuclear power disaster. A power plant exploded or melted or I don't even remember. Something like that. I, uh, people like grew like three arms or something. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Speaking of Russia, have you seen that Gucci commercial? I have not. The Lady Gaga Gucci movie. Oh, oh, that's that's Versace, isn't it? No, no, it is. It's Gucci. Why don't you ask? Google. I'm Go not going to ask Google. Oh, 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 are you talking about? Yeah, I, I've seen the trailer of it. Yes. Where she's, I think, I think this is just my prediction. <laughs> I think it's going to be as laughable as like Madonna was in Evita. You think I so? love Lady Gaga? I love her. I love her, love her, love her. But I think this movie is going to be ridiculous. And just from the commercial, she sounds like she's like planning big trouble for Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> and she is Italian, right? Not Russian. Yes. But <laughs> when like she says, it would like in the commercial, Adam Driver says, it is my name. And she goes, our name, sweetie. And it just cracks me up every fucking time she opens her mouth. I am I am not an ethical person, but I am fair. Okay, <laughs> Natasha. All right. All right. I, it's just my prediction. I think she's wonderful. I love Lady Gaga, but I have a feeling this is going to be camp-tastic. Uh, um, I mean, I hope it is in, in a good way. I have faith in her as an actress. I mean, she she's a theater kid. That's the thing that Madonna did not have going for her. Madonna was a dancer and literally had no other talents. Certainly not singing, certainly not acting. And those were kind of uh, learned it as she went along. 
And thankfully the, the music caught on a little bit and she worked with some good people, but the acting just, she, she was just left to drown, unfortunately. But Lady Gaga was a theater kid. So she's got some acting chops. She's got her Oscar for her song and her nominated performance in, uh, uh, I want to say Evergreen, and that's not the name of the movie, A Star is Born. Madonna has an, a Golden Globe for acting as well, but. For Evita? Evita. Like, oh, okay. I don't think Madonna was bad in Evita. I don't think. Oh she my was. God, David. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, comparing it to other Madonna performances, it's fucking Olivier level. Are you well, kidding? you might as well say compare it to other Evita performances. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've got her or Patti LuPone, somebody chewing so much scenery that they can't even, they're choking on it halfway through the first <laughs> song. Or Madonna, who's blending in with the scenery, for Christ's sake. Oh, God. Anyway, that didn't happen in 1986. What did uh, happen in 1986? Oh, David. Well, since we're talking about movies, um, um, I'm going to give you the highest grossing films. Okay. Do you want to quiz me? You want to give me hints and see if I can guess? Um, yes. I'm going to give you the top. Five, and I'm going to give you some honorable mentions. These are not to say the best films of 1986. Mm-mm. Nope. Made the most um, money, though. But I will um, also mention later on the worst movies of 1986. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. I love it. I'm excited. All right, go. All right. Um, I'm a, Okay. Top five answers are on the board, David. Oh Okay, okay. Oh, big money, no whammies. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess or do you want me to give you like hints? What do you want? Okay, um, 86. The weird thing is I can't remember, this is back to that awards thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was the awards were won slash lost by Out of Africa and The Color Purple. Were, was that the 1986 awards and it came out in 85? So anyhow, I'm just going to throw it out there and say Out of Africa. Out of Africa is number nine. Oh! But we did Ooh. discuss it last year because it was released Christmas week of 1985. Mm-hmm. So... It is number nine on the list, David. Of top grossing. Well, of good. Top because grossing. it is a slog. Yeah. Holy fuck balls. You sit through that and go, this one over the color purple, which is my next guest, the color purple final answer. Number six, also released December 20th mm-hmm. um, in 1985. So those two. Because when I um, think of Christmas, I think you show is ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, crap. So now I have five. I still haven't gotten any of the top five. Is Romancing the Stone up there? No, it is not. It is okay. not. That might not be the thing. Dirty Dancing was 87. That's not there. 80, uh, 86. Remember oh, that. Oh, 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 oh it's got to be a Tom Cruise movie. It's got to be a, his Top Gun. David, number one answer, Top Gun. Yeah. I didn't look, by the way, I deliberately did not look at that so that we could play this game. So I would be literally flying by the seat of my pants. Okay. Yes, Tom Cruise. Speaking of the seat of the pants, um, <laughs> that was going to be my my clue. Um, the gayest volleyball scene ever oh, filmed. Man. 
in the history of Hollywood. How Top many gun. teenage boys rubbed one out? Or Holy God. That <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I haven't even seen the movie, but I've seen that scene. For Same God's here. Sake. You haven't seen it. I'm not even interested for the sequel that's about to come out. You know what? 70 years later. What is Tom Cruise? 100 now? Um, okay, so 1986 more. I, I'll take some hints because we're we don't want to drag this right. too long. Um, number five. Um, in space, they can't hear you scream. In space, no one can hear you scream. Alien, starring the wonderful Sigourney Weaver, the one that started the whole franchise, mm-hmm. directed by the wonderful Asad Kalada. No. <laughs> I'm just no. used to hearing that. <laughs> oh, bless. No, God, who directed the original Alien? It was. How the fuck should I know? I'm, I still haven't spoken to Sigourney. Oh, oh wait a minute. Do you have a, uh, is there some bad blood between you and Sigourney? Who do you think was supposed to pop out of that belly? And she had a fit that somebody prettier than her was going to be on screen. Oh, is that it? Now, wait a minute, 86, was that, that, is that, that's not Alien, the original, that was like 79, this is, this is Aliens, plural, right? Is there more than one? (laughs) There are a hundred of them. There are so many Alien movies. Oh my God. I don't see this shit. I don't know. No, this is Aliens, the one that, uh, the sequel, but the one that James Cameron did. He took over the direction and uh, basically made it a war movie. It was awesome wait 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 a goddamn minute which one was depicted in um the great movie ride that was the first one because the original alien was like 79 i want to say oh for god's sake aliens keeping sigourney weaver working for 50 years aliens (laughs) and now she's in the avatar franchise and if those movies ever come out Mm. wow Number four, David, and this surprised me. You will never get it. <laughs> okay. But Is it something it, like Gremlins 2 or something? Or No, it's even worse. What? <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, David. Back to school? With the fucking him and Sally Kellerman falling in love, for Christ's oh, sake. my God. People forget there was that little tiny window where after Caddyshack, where... He was a, a friggin' movie star. It was such an unlikely thing. It didn't last long, but wow, back to school with him as a diving champion and going back into it in place of his son. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I'm, I'm 55 years old and I can just jump on a diving board and dive, dive like I used to when I was 22. But if it's ever on, I do watch it because it is, he's so fucking funny. And like Uh-oh. the way they filmed it, like it's so ridiculous. And he knew how ridiculous it was. Like they filmed like a close up of him going. Ah. Like, <laughs> so I, I can kind of appreciate Rodney Dangerfield when he turns in the new the paper and he gets a D on it. And he goes, the person who wrote this knows nothing about Kurt Vonnegut. And it cuts to a scene of him on the phone going, and another thing, Vonnegut. <laughs> Come on. Uh- I don't know. I kind of enjoy back to school. It's silly. I, and I enjoyed it at the time, but it was it was certain it's it was certainly a popcorn movie, guilty pleasure. It, it wasn't no color purple. It wasn't trying to do the same things. That's for sure. And also, well, and it made more money than the color purple. That must have hurt. <laughs> that must have that must have hurt for little Steve. 
Steven Spielberg um, is like, what do I have to do? <laughs> um, and also men in speedos. I blame that for my my um my speedo fetish. Oh, back to school because there were all these they were men running around in speedos. Um, number three. Oh God, David. Oh, the Karate Kid Part Two. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. It's fine, but it's just, you know, when you see the sequels that it, that's so expected, it's like, of course, Karate Kid was a fucking blockbuster. So naturally, the sequel also a big deal. The one where they go to Japan. Yeah. You know how when you're like planning a trip for, to Japan and, and you're a karate instructor and a student of yours just shows up on the fucking plane the at right before it takes off saying hey i'm mr miyagi i i thought i'd go with you hey you know huh? it's like do you, you got a passport daniel son i mean i have zero interest and this did not add to my interest in japan or the quote-unquote orient as it was oh, called back no. then <laughs> i have no desire to go to the orient the far east dear i don't think we use that word anymore unless you're referring to a rug I've been watching a lot of old game shows where they give a lot of trips away to the Orient. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me cringe every fucking time. Number two, and I will never, ever, 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 ever understand this, David. This is why when people are like, oh, the 80s were so great. I'm like, I want to punch him in the throat. Number two, Crocodile fucking Dundee. Oh, the yeah. second highest grossing film of the goddamn year, David. Yeah. yeah. Well, the fuck. <laughs> it was, I remember this so distinctly. That was a big thing. It was so unusual. It was an adventure. It was this quirky character, and he was a tough guy. So, uh, yeah. Ugh. So, so wait, to recap, Top Gun. Crocodile Dundee, Karate Kid Part Two, Aliens, Back to School, Back and to then school. Aliens, and then Aliens. Oh my yeah. God, <clears throat> Aliens was only the fifth highest grossing. Yeah. Oh my God. Farther down, David, we have Star Trek Five: The Voyage Home. Oh yes, Star Trek Number. Who cares anymore? Um, Isn't it four? Isn't four the Voyage Home? I don't know. It's in Roman numerals, David, and I'm American, so. <laughs> Is it Ivy? Star Trek Ivy? Yes, I just remember needing an Ivy to get through it. <laughs> it is for the voyage home, which I believe non-Trekkies love and Trekkies dislike. Mm, okay. I don't know I, where I fall on that category then. Yeah. I liked it. Ruthless people. Love. Love that movie. This God, is the what a beginning great of of the oversaturation of Bette Midler and Disney films, David. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Touchstone is now really taking off. We're, we're about to do all these now that Disney is like, oh, if we just under the banner of another studio, we can release PG movies. And yeah, Bette Midler. And another problematic 1980s film rounding out the top 10, David. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, did not like when I saw it the first time, like it even less as I have grown into 
an adult. No, you want to punch that kid in the fucking face. That that whole John Hughes thing of parents are idiots. Uh, ugh, whatever. And Matthew Broderick, I'm sorry. I will never, ever. Is he cute? Yes. Well, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's boring as paint to watch fucking act. I, I can't understand why he's ever been famous. I think because he was letting John Hughes eat his butthole in no. 1986. <laughs> uh, I, I will agree with you, Matthew. We all have those. How are they famous? I, Matthew Broderick is one of those where I'm like, I am never not aware that you are acting. The mechanical, detached, uh, disembodied voice line readings that he does. Uh, his music man was painful oh, oh, to oh my through. god that yeah even Ugh. Kristen Chenoweth couldn't save that and Kristen Chenoweth is amazing here's a couple of the worst I would like it known that in the worst movies of the year Chuck Norris is in two of them David <gasps> really yeah oh I'm excited I've never seen a Chuck Norris movie in my life that I'm aware of another one I don't know why he's famous but I don't want to give him any airtime because he's isn't he like a hardcore Republican Trumper now or something? I like think that? he is. And it's sad because those memes about how tough he was are just incredible. You know, yeah. Chuck Norris's tears can cure cancer. But yeah. Chuck Norris has never cried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Howard the Duck. Okay. One of the worst reviewed movies of 1986, David. Mm-hmm. Again. Right up there. And to me, looking at the top 10, it's a crapshoot. You've got Back to School and Crocodile Dundee, but people thought Howard the Duck was too fucked up. <laughs> All right. You're so right. You're so right. I get it, I guess. And a movie that I have believe I've sat through, but I, I also I think it's one of those movies where it's like people are like, no, it is really funny. No, it isn't. It just isn't. Haunted Honeymoon, David. Oh, painful. It's to I, me, it's like Clue. People are like, oh my God, Clue is oh, so good. Is it? You shut your whore mouth about Clue. Clue is fucking hilarious. Okay. And it's some of the best ensemble comedy work I think ever captured on screen. Haunted Honeymoon, yeah, written and directed by Gene Wilder. Uh, it had Dom DeLuise in drag. It starred Gene's wife, Gilda Radner, alongside him. And it just, it just, just sat there. Nothing about it was funny or fun or whimsical. And it should have been the great, it should have been in the top five. But it just, pfft. I remember I saw it in the theater. And I mean, I was nuts about Gilda. And I remember being so disappointed just that nothing in that movie seemed to work. And while last year we you thought maybe we got our fill of Madonna Ciccone acting in Desperately Seeking Susan, David. But no, this year she came back in Shanghai Surprise. Oh, with her husband, Sean Penn. Oof. You Where know he he's plays got stories. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he's got stories. Yes. Just, like the, the level of batshit crazy that Madonna had to have been at that time. Oh, Ugh. man. Mm. The, the deal is it was, he's like a gangster and she's like a, like a save a soul, you know, sister Sarah type from 
uh guys and dolls yeah because that's madonna sure mm. but yeah that was that was poorly reviewed who's that girl was i think the one after this that was also i kind of like who's that girl <laughs> really like, yeah and you're shitting on clue how dare you sir <laughs> i never said i had good taste david those words oh. have never come out of my mouth ever <laughs> So I'm not I'm not here to defend my own personal choices <laughs> at all. I'm here for it. Uh, David, um, some of the songs from 1986. Would so you like that to wrap get... up our movie corner, Matthew? That wraps up um, two, two on the aisle or one on the aisle, please. And, uh <laughs> Uh, uh, one on the aisle and a gallon of Diet Coke and a 10 pound keg of popcorn. Uh, That's the name of my movie review section. Um, <laughs> so now music so, you were you were saying you want to yeah, do music. And I well, unless you want to do um, here, alternate, do one of yours, do one of yours. OK, let's do theater now. OK. Broadway shows that opened, once again, we're in this, the season, the 86, 87 season. So mm-hmm. it might've opened earlier in the year. It might've opened later, but uh, that's how they're categorized. Yeah. Um, speaking of Matthew Broderick originated the role of Eugene Jerome in Brighton Beach Memoirs, and then played the role in the film Biloxi Blues. Well, he's not in this, but this is the third of that Neil Simon trilogy of plays Broadway bound. Mm. And uh, I want to say Anne Bancroft did the stage version. Mm. At one point, Joan Rivers even took over a little bit later into the run when they needed to sell some tickets. And got wonderful reviews. Joan Rivers got wonderful reviews for when she stepped in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She she had been at it a long time. People don't realize stand up is acting. Mm. Um, you ever hear of a Harvey Firestein play called Safe Sex? Oof. Uh, the only thing that it might spawn, it might tweak in someone's memory is it is a trilogy of plays, all AIDS related. And it was a follow-up to Torch Song Trilogy. And the third play within it called Tidy Endings was made into a Showtime special it was like i think it was only an hour long it was like a like a showtime after school aids special and it had him and stockard channing in it it's a two-person play plus a kid and it was interesting at the time in the late 80s for showtime to say let's do a play about aids because you know our president never spoke those words and no one else was doing anything about it except the entertainment industry um musical Mm. comedy murders of 1940 Never seen it. I've heard of it. I know it's been produced locally, so I guess it's a popular show. Uh, a musical that we have discussed on a few occasions, Smile. Ugh, a musical that disgusts, David. <laughs> Not that we've discussed. A musical that disgusts. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to understand with my lisp, but jesus christ what a turd what a fucking turd i've seen it i've seen the whole fucking show oh really yes it's awful it's just awful but that one good song disneyland not even good david not even dare you 
It does. You it, of all people, Mister. Wa- I want to run off to Florida and be working at Disney World. Those words never came out of my mouth. But I just it wants to so bad. It's just so it tries so hard to hit your heart with that song, and it just misses completely. It just uh, doesn't hit well, me at all. I don't know it out uh, within the context of the show. Out of context, I think it's a lovely song called Disneyland. And the other thing of note with the facts of life is that the little kid who played the tutor for Mrs. Garrett when she was having trouble with, was it math? Yeah. The little annoying kid, the one that was also in Revenge of the Nerds, he Mm -hmm. was in this original Broadway production at this time. Uh, Mm. The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. Oh, cool. That was an epic two-play thing. It was like Angels in America. Uh, Again, uh, less AIDS in this one. But uh, yeah, that one has been produced locally. And it is literally two full-length, two-act, big-ass, you know, cast of thousands, uh, straight plays, not a musical. Yeah. Um, Another musical, Me and My Girl. Okay. Which was, I think... was it an adaptation? Was it like Singing in the Rain where it had been a stage, a, a movie musical and then they put it on the stage later? I don't know me and my girl that well. The yeah. only uh, show of note other than these, a lot of revivals, a lot of concerts, a lot of special engagement things. Mm. But there was a little show that did open on Broadway called Less Miserables. Yeah, the beginning of the British invasion, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, because Phantom would open the season after. Or Phantom opened this year in London. London. It would open, yeah, either next season or the one after. Uh, and, and Phantom is still running. Mm. Is Has it reopened yet? Post-pandemic? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God for that. And that's it. Broadway was just the late 80s was such a steaming turd of a time for Broadway. I used to go into Boston to see Forbidden Broadway, where they would do the show and then try it out before they would take it to New York. And uh, these were the years they started doing Forbidden Hollywood Mm. with doing classic musicals like Mary Poppins and Singing in the Rain, because there was nothing on Broadway and even with their perennial songs like your Hello, Dolly, your Ethel Merman, Mary Martin number, your uh, tradition Fiddler on the Roof number, there still was not enough to fill a one hour fucking cabaret. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the end of Broadway. <laughs> Literally and on this podcast. To say the least. <laughs> what else you got for me? You want to hear what songs were popular in 1986, David? uh, Whom are you going to sing them as? I wish I could tell you, but I don't know any of them enough. I only know two of them enough to sing that I would be able to sing them. Okay, then maybe if I know them and I'm able to sing them, in what voice would you like me to sing them to you? Um, The number one song. I don't know if I want to give away, but I want you to sing it as her. <laughs> I want you to I, sing the rest of them as her. <laughs> her. Um, okay. Dionne well, Warwick. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just did her on SNL this past weekend. Yeah, they've been they've done her before. She's had her little talk show thing. Right. But this time the real Dionne Warwick came on as a guest. Yeah, she looks was... great, doesn't she? Is, is that sarcasm? 
Um, I don't know if I could have said it any more sarcastically, <laughs> David. Honey, <laughs> she's in her early 100s. What do you expect, for Christ's sake? But okay, what the first song is, is what now then? Sing for me, Number please. Number one song of 1986. That's what friends are for? That's what friends are for. Oh, the phenomenon this song was, David. And so it's technically a Dionne Warwick song, even it's though. Dionne and friends. And David. friends. But she is the one that gets top billing. She's the one that released it because it was. Oh, God, dear God, help me. It was a uh, Gladys Knight. For some inexplicable reason, it was like a, a, a fever dream. Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight, Elton John, and Stevie Wonder just sitting around weirdly for. trying to outsing each other. Yeah. And, ugh, hilarious to me. The video is hilarious. Well, it was kind of a follow-up to We Are the World, wasn't it? As far as ooh, yeah. songs with multiple people from multiple uh, uh, record labels and all that can kind of come yeah. together and be greater than the sum of their parts. So, God, I don't do Dionne Warwick. At least Who I, does? I, at least I've never done Dionne Warwick. I'm trying to think how, how I would do her. Well, I have, but it was, in a, it was after a fever dream that I had at a party with... <laughs> Gladys Knight, oddly enough, and Elton John. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I uh, believe it was a time I mixed cold medicine, Percocets, and uh, horse tranquilizers. Mm. Uh, so, but I, I think of Dionne Warwick. I'm just playing here. I don't know if I'm going to leave this in the show. But I, I, I think of her as being a very frontwards, toothy kind of a, and I never thought I'd feel this way. Na, 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 na. It doesn't sound like anything. That doesn't front forward and yet at the same time guttural and unsupported yeah. almost. It's so yeah. Well, because I've she's never understood Dionne. The moment I wake up before I put on my makeup and my see my vibrato was wrong. I've got I've got this Broadway thing going on, um, but. Yeah, so. I, I don't have a, I really don't do, I've, I've tried and failed miserably. I might leave it in the outtakes, but anyway. <laughs> so, <clears throat> now, Elton John, do you sing like Elton John? God, no, that asshole. Oh, no. What's the story there? Elton John, you're going to take money to perform at Rush Limbaugh's wedding. Yeah. Oh, did he do that? Takes, takes several seats, Elton. I did not know he did that. Okay. Number two. Number two. Lionel Richie, David. Um, hello? No. Um, Much worse. So what? What? <laughs> Much worse. Much worse. It's, uh, oh, it's not, let the music play on, play on. What's? Oh, God, shoot me in the face. All night long, all night, <clears throat> all night. Is nope. that it? Nope, and we're not dancing on the ceiling either. No. Fuck, I'm trying to think what other Lionel, uh, Lionel Richie, Lionel Richie. Um, okay, tell me. Think Fergie on Kids Incorporated singing in front of a creepy clown, David. Have you never seen that video? I, I have not. And this sounds oh, like something I should have seen. my God. The song is Say You, Say Me. Oh, okay, by Lionel sure. Richie. I you I need you right now to pull up YouTube. 
you have to see this fucking video. What is happening with the broom? I just needed you to see that because that is some fucked up shit. What was that? You're welcome. Holy shit. Man. And that I don't think be. that's the worst of the Lionel Richie songs. Uh, it's, okay. It's just, Lionel Richie just bores me to tears. Um, number three, I Miss You by Climax, David. Oh, K-L-Y. That's an all-girl group. Was I it? Didn't, I don't know that song, but yeah, Saturday Night Live spoofed them once, and I was like, "That's not real, is it?" And it was, yeah. Um, on my own, Patty Labelle and Michael McDonald. Again, I don't know that song at all. What a fool it is! Is that who that is? The, the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. What a fool to be wise man has a power. Yeah, that, that's Michael McDonald. I should have asked for all these songs to be sung by Michael McDonald. Oh my God, it's rusty. <clears throat> I haven't done it in so long. Jesus. Um, How Will I Know by Whitney Houston, David. Oh, the beginning. God. Oh, and you Whitney. just see her and you think, what a talent. God, what a, this gift that she was given. Mm-hmm. And all because of some D, it went downhill, David. Mm. All because of Bobby Brown's dick. Uh, but we should celebrate because, let's face it, Whitney Houston has been sober for nine years, David. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> oh. One day at a time, Whitney. Oh, fuck. And... The last song I have for you, David, is possibly one of the most confusing, more confusing than Fergie singing Say You Say Me to a clown on Kids Incorporated. I will share that video. I promise it'll be on the web page, by the way. Party All the Time by Eddie Ah! fucking Murphy. (laughs) I remember I was not alone when everyone was watching MTV and we're like, Wait, wait, what? Beverly Hills cop movie star? Eddie Murphy? He's, d- dude, stay in your lane. <laughs> and yet people clearly ate it up. It was a big hit. Well, it was 1986, David. Our choices were that's what friends are for. Say you say me <laughs> on my own. And how will I know? So, I mean, wow. talk about timing. It, yeah. A little yeah. bit ridiculous, honestly. Man. Well, does that That's end our I music corner? That's all I got, David. I'm going to close out my piece of paper here. Okay. Well, we are now ready to deep dive into the television stuff. And as always, I will preface this by saying I will try not to make this too laborious, boring, and excessively detailed. And chances that I'm going to fail are around 100%. So... What you doing? Okay. 
So looking back to the just completed 1985-86 season. So we're looking back at the moment. That's important because at the beginning of season eight, we will be looking forward in just a few minutes. But right now we're looking back. When all the chips landed, Facts of Life is still in the top 30. It's still performing well in the Nielsen's. It came in at number 27. And previous season, it had been number 30. It actually came in better. It did better uh, this past season than it did the previous one. So clearly burning down Edna's edibles and changing nights did not cut back its audience. You could also argue it went from one uh, advantageous time slot to another advantageous time slot. And as a reminder, their best season was still season three. They never topped that. And that was at number 24. But here we are at the end of season seven, where they're only three numbers lower. This show is still going surprisingly strong for how long it's been on the air. It's the little engine that could. True. So true. And honestly, other than the first season where it came in, what, 74th, I think we did, really the lowest rated season will be season nine, the final season. They really did walk away uh, in time. And that lowest season was like 38. Like it still was not, you know, the, there are shows that tank. Facts of Life just sputtered along and did its thing. And I mean, wow, that's, that's really impressive. So speaking of time slots, it is now on Saturday between Gimme a Break and Golden Girls. Golden Girls came in at number seven. Gimme a Break didn't even place in the top 30. So people were tuning into the facts of life in preparation for the Golden Girls. They weren't a holdover from Gimme a Break. They were a, uh, a, an appetizer, as it were. Now, the deal is when you look at the columns in Wikipedia, I always talk about the columns where it says returning shows, new shows, not returning shows. That tells you a lot. Yeah. And uh, in most cases, the columns are fairly equal, but uh, looking at them for this past season, CBS had the highest turnover, NBC had the lowest. And the reason is CBS is slipping. NBC has been gaining ground and the Nielsen's for the previous season of this one. So again, 85 to 86, the season we just completed uh, of the top 30 Nielsen's NBC has 14 of them. Remember when they had two at the beginning and one of them was the Monday night fucking movie. It wasn't even a show. Yeah. <laughs> so NBC has 14, CBS has 10, ABC has six. Mm. And last season, CBS had 15, ABC had nine, and NBC had six. NBC was the Johnny come lately. But that's because when you look at the 14 shows NBC has in the top 15, here we are, quick rundown. Number one, Cosby Show. Mm. I mean, come on. Number two, Family Ties. Number five, Cheers. Number seven, Golden Girls. Number nine, Miami Vice. Number 11, Night Court. I didn't realize Night Court uh, scored that well in the ratings. Uh, number 13, Highway to Heaven. Ugh. Number 19, You Again. I don't remember that show. That's what I say every time you mention Highway to Heaven. <laughs> 
Number 20 was 227. That's the show that was on after Golden Girls. 21, Monday Night Movie. Number 24, Valerie, the original OG Valerie Harper version. Number 27, Facts of Life. Number 30, The A-Team. So uh, yeah, these are all solid shows that still, uh, with only a rare exception, you still remember them. They still went on to have some type of a, a legacy. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through the other seasons. I just wanted to continue to track NBC because this podcast's journey has also been the journey of NBC starting at the bottom and ending in the top here. So comparing this to the Emmys, remember there have been years where it's like, okay, well, clearly what people were tuning into was not the good stuff that was getting the awards. Well, those uh, scales have evened out. So for this past season, the major nominations, which is not all of them, but they call them major nominations on Wikipedia, NBC has 79. Mm. CBS has 39. Half. And ABC has 13. So NBC is getting a lot of the nominations. Uh, St. Elsewhere led with the most, uh, had 10 nominations, Golden Girls and Moonlighting on ABC tied with nine nominations each. But when it came down to the awards, the actual awards, NBC won 17 of them. CBS won nine, ABC won zero. And of those 17 NBC Emmys, four of them went to Cagney and Lacey, and three of them went to the Golden Girls, Betty White being the only acting. Uh, one was for writing, one was for tech direction, but we know that as the years go on, all of them will win their Emmys for that show. So uh, yeah, NBC is now riding high on the top, and there it is going to stay for quite some time, as we know. And remember, we are still you know, many years away from Friends and Must See Thursday uh, happening in 93. So um, looking ahead now to the 86-87 season, now where we are with the facts of life and this season we're about to begin. Let's talk about the not returning canceled shows. Okay. Not returning this season on ABC, Benson, oh. The Fall Guy, mm. The Love Boat, Jesus. I know. It's like, I thought that show ran forever. I, I, I don't feel like Love Boat ever was canceled. It just it just sailed away. I don't and feel like it ran forever. I feel like it ended way before 1986. Yeah. Like yeah, head, you're right. In my head, it's such a... 70s show. Yeah, but... It really isn't an 80s show, yeah. And lastly, Different Strokes. This was that one season that ABC picked it up after NBC canceled it, well, it's officially gone. And now Facts of Life uh, with this current season now is tied with its parent show and will go on, of course, to surpass it in number of episodes. CBS, and these are just selected ones. This isn't a comprehensive list. These are just ones that I think I've heard of and maybe other people have heard of. On CBS, no more Airwolf, no more Trapper John MD, and the half season, Mary, the attempt for Mary Tyler Moore to come back to a workplace sitcom uh, mm. that didn't really take that came and went all in one season. And on NBC, we are losing Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Knight Rider, Punky Brewster, Riptide, 
silver spoons, and TV's bloopers and practical jokes. Oof. But fear not, Matthew. Oh, no, no. We've lost all of these shows, but let's look ahead and see what is also premiering this coming season to replace these shows on ABC, The Ellen Burstyn Show. Oh, God. Featuring the wonderful Megan Mullally before Will and Grace and playing Ellen Burstyn's mother, even though she was only seven years older, Elaine Stritch. Mm. Uh, Head of the Class. That was one that went on for a while. Uh, I always enjoyed Head of the Class. I don't know why. Well, you told me they have those musical episodes, which I still haven't seen. You need to show uh, me some of those. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elaine Stritch is in one of the episodes that they do. Um, they do um, Hair, the musical. Really? Elaine Stritch is one of the teachers that tells him not to do it. And then they find out because her son went to Vietnam. And oh. yeah. Very dramatical work by Elaine, by Elaine <laughs> in that episode. Starman, Sledgehammer, which was kind of a satirical take on the cop movies. It was created by one of the Facts of Life writers who wrote What Price Glory? introducing us to Tootie's illiterate boyfriend, Jeff. Mm. So he went on to create Sledgehammer. That ran for two seasons. Uh, Max Headroom is just beginning. Oh, God. Jesus. And also on ABC, Life with Lucy. Oh. Oh. God, it was awful. I mean, just awful. Oh, poor Lucy. Mm Mm-hmm. That interview with Joan Rivers is just heartbreaking. And poor Joan is trying her best. Where Lucy's like, well, my fans abandoned me. I've never felt pain like that before. Clearly no one wants me anymore. And Joan's like, no, you're, you're still beloved. You're a legend in some go to commercial. What the fuck? The queen of television is breaking down on me. Um, on CBS, only two shows of note that I could find. My sister, Sam. Pam Dauber series, unfortunately, her co-star was murdered uh, after the show finished its run. It wasn't while it was running, like some people think. And a little show called Designing Women. That is now about to begin. We're now in the Designing Women years of CBS. On NBC, we have The Tortellis, an attempted spinoff from Cheers about Carla's ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Our House. The Wilford Brimley, Deidre Hall, Shannon Doherty drama. I remember our house being a big deal because I think they had moved from Fort Wayne, Indiana. <gasps> Shut up! And I remember it being a big deal in Fort Wayne. They're like, our, our, our town gets mentioned in this new TV show. <laughs> and I remember the little girl saying to Wilford Brimley, I just want to go back to Fort Wayne. <laughs> And as a child, I remember thinking, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why would anyone say that? Wow. Um, Matlock. There's a show that would run and run. And yes, it would give birth to Dick Van Dyke in Diagnosis Murder. That was a big franchise. And, you know, Murder, She Wrote has been running for a while now. So that's a good pairing. Um, L.A. Law, Susan Day, 
Harry Hamlin. La la. Huh? La la. Is is that what you call it? La la. That's what Rose called it on the Golden Girls. Every every Wednesday I watch La La. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sitcom featuring the wonderful Sherman Hemsley and a show that we know was watched very, very loyally and faithfully by a certain young boy named Matthew in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Alf. Oh God, I loved Alf. <laughs> God, I loved Alf. I don't know why. It's unwatchable, David. Yeah. I'm and when you, when you read about it, and I know I've said this a million times on here, but like the poor human actors on that show that just, it only ran like three years or something, I think, Alf. Mm-hmm. But like, because the human actors were so fucking done doing <laughs> nothing but setting up a fucking puppet for jokes. They And you watch it now and you're like, oh my God, they're right. They never got a laugh. The humans never did anything interesting. <laughs> uh, Everything was about that fucking puppet. And ugh, and how hard it was to film and how difficult the guy who played Alf was about, ugh, anyway. God, well, I had an Alf doll and everything. It was the best day of my life when I got my Alf doll. <laughs> but that's just it. Those are our things that were so dear to us as kids. And it's like, okay, we need to leave them there in our childhood because yeah. when you re-examine them, holy shit, if I... We've talked about what is going to be next for this podcast after the facts of life is over. I cannot find a show that has a high nostalgia factor for me that is also watchable. It's they're they're all really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that covers all of the new shows premiering on all three of the networks. Oh, but wait, Matthew, hold on one second. This just in. This is 1986. Mm-hmm. There is a brand new fourth network. Oh, God. The new kid on the block, Fox Television. This is the Uh, year that that all started. And of the notable shows that premiered, uh, 21 Jump Street, which started the careers of Johnny Depp and Richard Grieco, uh, Married with Children. That was one of the first shows out the gate for Fox. That ran for 11 years, kids. That ran as long as fucking MASH. (laughs) And had almost as much impact, I think, on society as MASH. (laughs) And the Tracy Ullman show premiered. I don't remember if it was this first season when they hired this cartoonist named Matt Greening to do these ridiculous cartoons in between the sketches that became The Simpsons that is still running today it i mean again go back into 1986 picture the year 2021 can you imagine that far in the future no impossible that's not even a year it is still running Uh, mind-boggling i will i have not sat through a single it's like things that matthew completely missed the boat on the simpsons i completely missed it i don't find the humor in it i don't think it's funny i don't think it's interesting i just don't fucking get it elizabeth taylor was on it for christ's sake 
Yes, she was the first time we ever heard Maggie speak. Yes, that was a big deal. I loved it. I thought it was really fun and funny and I just fell away from it. And now at this point, it's just so overwhelming to try and catch up on, you know, 24 seasons I missed. So I have started going back to the gym to try and get back on the elliptical and I'll watch TV on my iPad. I'll download a show and have it. And I'm thinking, well, Simpsons certainly enough there to get me through if I want to start going through that whole show. That's that, uh, that might just happen. Yeah. We'll see. That's the best way to keep me off the elliptical. (laughs) Well, that is my TV deep dive, Matthew. And that's, I think is going to bring our 1986 pop culture societal exploration to an end. Except we still have one more thing that we have to do. Wow. We have to talk about the ages of the characters and the actors. Okay, got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, try to conceal your excitement. I will. So Charlotte Ray is 60. Mrs. Garrett, we do not know. We're figuring around uh, 56. And I actually, when we talk about uh, season eight, episode one, that's going to be next week's show. um, I do have some more speculation about the age of Mrs. Garrett. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that at length. Lisa Huelcho is 23. In real life, Blair Warner is one year younger. Blair is 22. And she's a senior in college. This is the season at the end of which they will theoretically have finished. uh, They, Blair and Joe, will have finished their college years. Uh, Nancy McKeon, 20 years old. Remember, she is three years younger than Lisa Welchel in real life. And uh, she's playing 22. Joe Polnicek is 22, like Blair, college senior. Mindy Cohn is 20. Natalie is 19. And she's in her second year out of high school. She's not going to college, of course. And Tootie entering college. Kim Fields is 17. Tootie is 18. And uh, yeah, we're gonna stick with 18 simply because we had that one oops where they were getting Tootie's driver's license and saying she was 16. But then when she graduated, they said she was 17. So that's what she should have been is 17. So um, now this year she's 18. Cloris Leachman, born the same year as Charlotte Ray. So she is also 60. Uh, I don't recall if at this point we have anything that indicates if Beverly Ann is uh, Edna's older or younger sister. Do you recall? No. Technically, Cloris Leachman is younger, but it's by eight days. She is eight days younger than Charlotte Ray. Hmm. And uh, Mackenzie Aston is now 13. And uh, George Clooney, the few times we see him this season, he's only got four episodes coming up. (laughs) Uh, George Clooney is now 25. And and still looking good. Damn. So that is your preparation, your your primer, your prerequisite, your um, homework that needed to be taken care of before watching season eight, episode one, Out of Peekskill, which premieres in September of 86. Um, You're welcome, is all I have to say, dear listeners. Consider yourself spit on and lubed up and ready for season eight. No, 
Oh, who, who can paint a picture with words, Matthew? Uh, yeah. So, yes, we have done the preparation so you don't have to. And now we are ret to go. Next week, season eight, episode one, Out of Peekskill, part one. And uh, if it's just me and Matthew doing the show, you will know that we failed at getting our special guest to appear on the show that I am working on trying to get. So we're not gonna say anything about it. We are not gonna reference it, uh, call out this person for stringing us along and then uh, not replying to emails and things like that. But anyway, 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 it's gonna be a great time. Season eight is gonna be a great season, except when it's not. And uh, I can't wait to start tackling it with you, Matthew. Oh my God. I can't wait to be tackled by you, David. <laughs> mm. So on that note, folks, we're going to sign off. And once again, since we're doing this betwixt episode, I really do like that, that name, Matthew. Thank you for forcing it upon me. Uh, I think we once again need to have you, Matthew, say the sign off for us. What's the sign off? And remember. Oh. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Was that your Matthew Broderick impression? What was that? That was my very intense line reading. The facts of life are all about you. The facts of life are all about you. You, you, you. Facts of life are all about you. The facts of life are all about you. <laughs> the facts of life are all about you. <laughs> Thank you, Betty Davis. Typically, the way I say it is I say, the facts of life are all about you. Oh, that is sweet. I usually turn it off when I'm done talking, so I don't hear <laughs> the end. So that's good to know. Oh. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs> <laughs>